Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. Bleak projection for the world's second largest economy. The International Monetary Fund and its World Economic Outlook report says China's economy could grow 5.8% next year, slower than the 6.1% forecast for this year. The IMF says that growth rate is already reasonable, given that China is restructuring its economy to expand in a more sustainable way. That means relying less on debt to fuel growth while focusing more on domestic consumption. It says such a transition would translate to slower but better quality growth in China. Last Friday, China said its economy grew by 6% in the third quarter, the slowest in 27 and a half years. China's projected slowdown next year contrasts with the IMF's forecast for a recovery in the global economy. The fund said world economic growth is forecast to rebound 3.4% in 2020 after a 3% growth this year. Washington could stand to face over $2 billion in retaliatory sanctions from Beijing due to its non-compliance with a World Trade Organization ruling. A tariffs case dating back to an Obama era required the U.S. to cancel tariffs on Chinese exports, including solar panels, steel cylinders, wind towers and aluminum extrusions. But in July, the watchdog's appeals judges ruled the U.S. failed to fully comply with the ruling, opening a path for China to seek retaliatory sanctions. The move puts a fresh strain on bilateral relations between Beijing and Washington, which are already locked in a protracted trade war. But U.S. President Trump has said a trade deal between the world's two largest economies could be signed sometime in November. The three years and two delays after Britain's exit from the European Union remains questionable. At a rare sitting of Parliament, British lawmakers voted to withhold the approval of a Brexit deal until a legislation to implement it has been passed. After that session, Johnson sent an unsigned letter to the EU seeking to delay the Brexit as required by law. But he followed that with a signed letter saying he doesn't want another extension. The British government remains optimistic it can pass the deal before the October 31st deadline. We've actually secured a deal with the EU. A lot of people said the Prime Minister couldn't do that. He's got that deal. We seem to have the numbers in the House mm. of Commons. Why hasn't Parliament pushed this through? The UK government's minister, meanwhile, says with the way things are going, it seems that a no-deal Brexit scenario remains on the table. We are going to leave by October the 31st. We have the means and the ability to do so. The risk of leaving without a deal has actually increased because we cannot guarantee that the European Council will grant an extension. Now, here at home, uncertainty over Brexit seems to be putting local investors on the side as Philippine shares closed almost flat. But as Michelle Long tells us, there may still be bright spots for investors with the possibility of 6% growth for the Philippines this year. Philippine shares saw another listless trade Monday in limbo amid fresh uncertainties over a Brexit deal on top of the already fragile sentiment over the U.S.-China trade war. There's going to be some a lot of resistance as the index moves closer to 8,000. This week, as far as the Philippines is concerned, not much uh, economic data that we're anticipating. Hopefully, if some companies report third quarter earnings uh, maybe ahead of schedule. 
The PSEI gained just six points, less than a tenth of one percent to close at 78.91. So how to make money in a market like this? Regina Capital says look for so-called in-betweeners. Look for second-liners, but sort of in-betweeners. The second-liners that are basically on the cusp of making a jump to a first-liner. Companies such as like maybe a DNL, um, even East-West Bank, for example, uh, mid-cap stocks, even the likes of, let's say, Vistaland or All Home or Wilcon, because basically their market cap, uh, you know, they, they have the, the size or, you know, it's close to that. Trading at our trading activity is, is quite substantial. Growth prospects are good, so it's 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 um, on the um, on the radar of the these foreign funds. Among the day's big movers, Ayala Land, SM Prime, Metrobank, as well as ICTSI, Ayala Corp, and Universal Rubina. Looking ahead, ING Bank Manila says we have more good things working for us, like the possibility of a photo finish six percent GDP for this year the kind of growth that many economies can only dream of. The bank says, as initially expected, 2019 is a tale of two halves, slowed down in the first and a pickup in the second. And to chase a 6% growth this year, that's the low end of government's target, we need to take out the playbook from the last downturn, look within and depend on the domestic economy, double down on stimulus from both the fiscal and monetary side. It adds not even the U.S.-China trade war, which has put a damper on global trade and the tech cycle, have dampened our trade numbers as outbound shipment to major trading partners, the U.S. and China, remain strong enough to offset weakness in less substantial trading partners like the EU. And unlike our peers, external trade plays a less crucial role in employment and stores of foreign currency, with the Philippines banking on direct export of labor and OFW receipts, which have so far not let us down. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Economic Zone Authority will finalize and submit within the week a laundry list of requests to make the second tax reform package more palatable to foreign locators. PESA Chief Charito Plaza says this is on top of the request for the retention of the gross income earned tax system and a longer sunset period. They will also request for subsidies. What China and Vietnam are doing and the other countries is that if these are pioneer industries, uh, big capital uh, investment uh, industries, they give free land. Free land for, for lease. No. Long term. Free land for 20 years, zero rent. And after the 20 years, for example, that's the time they start to rent the land. They give uh, power subsidy, the lowest cost of power. They give long ITH. We can afford it to. Uh, in fact, I just came from China, in, in, in Xiamen, for example. Our Taipans, the Filipino Chinese Taipans, like Lushutan, uh, was awarded uh, 100 or more hectares to put up, uh, to put up a town. So Lushutan brought his Eton properties, put a mall, etc. Plaza says this will be a good way to bring development to the countryside. Philippine wood producers calling attention to the lack of legislative support for responsible wood production in the country. As Wadin de Guzman tells us, the weak laws hamper progress in what could be a $20 billion industry in sustainable forestry. 
The Philippine Wood Producers Association wants to engage in sustainable forestry and it says in 10 to 15 years, sustainable wood could be worth up to $20 billion or 1 trillion pesos, enough to erase four-fifths of the trade deficit which stands at about $25 billion as of August. The $20 billion industry will come on stream if we will reforest a million hectares of forest land. For just one million, we have nine million hectares of forest land available. Charlie Liu, chairman of the Philippine Wood Producers Association, admits the Philippines has failed when it comes to sustainable forestry and decades have been lost due to a lack of legal support for responsible wood production. We need new kinds of laws that will ensure that we do it correctly. Sustainable uh, forest management, and the National Land Use Act, the Forest Limits Act, uh, the Forest Limits Bill. Mid-year this year, Sweden-based IKEA, which is building what will be its largest store in the world here in Manila, announced it was having difficulty finding materials in the Philippines due to a lack of suppliers certified for environment sustainability. Liu says the Philippines has no large-scale sustainable forestry operation to speak of, but the DNR says there are enough smaller operations employing sustainable practices in the Philippines. The missing part, the, the link of the buyer with that of the tree farmer. Green architecture practitioner Louis Daya Garcia says sustainable forestry will have multiple benefits and they won't be limited to construction and trade. We believe that forests in general will be able to address so many climate crisis issues, for example, water, clean air, food. Regarding the lack of legislative support, Elpidio Barzaga, chairman of the House Committee on Natural Resources, says they are doing their part. In so far as the House is concerned, I think it is already a done deal. I'm hoping that the Senate would act on it favorably, considering that we have Cincha Villar, who is a known environmentalist. President Rodrigo Duterte identified the National Land Use Act as a priority of his administration. It, along with the Sustainable Forest Management Act, have been refiled before the 18th Congress. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. Key family business figures from across Southeast Asia gather in Manila to help equip local family enterprises with the best practices to sustain their businesses. Bruce Rodriguez filed this report. Family is not entitled to inherit the business. This was all the industry leaders had said during the panels uh, who attended the first ASEAN Family Business Conference held here in Manila. The event featured a keynote panel gathering the leaders of some of the biggest and most influential family-owned conglomerates here in Southeast Asia, not just in the Philippines. And among them is Han C, son of the Philippines' late wealthiest man, Henry C, who said that succession planning is important in their company, SM Investments, which has interests in property management, uh, retail and banking, and de property development, to name a few. Talking about succession planning, I just I believe it is best to open to anyone including your children. When I was grooming somebody else outside the family, they kind of double up working, wanting to show that they do qualify also. Michael Tan, a son of one of the Philippines' richest billionaire, Lucio Tan, also shared his experience on how he and his siblings took over key roles at their father's multi-billion peso conglomerate. Uh, we were getting comfortable with our high school life. He suddenly yanked us out, uh, disrupted our... <laughs> 
our uh, easygoing life and uh, sent us to Singapore. He was trying to do is to try to instill positive uh, Confucian values of uh, patience, hard work, self-sacrifice. The panel earlier stressed the importance of starting early in terms of succession planning. Christopher Po, executive chairman of Century Pacific Foods in the Philippines, saying that he is grateful that their father uh, started them early in the business. So we we co-run the business as a sibling partnership. There was this expectation or this sense of duty that having seen the first generation struggle, that uh, when it was our turn that we needed to answer the call. And he even talked about the council of the Poe family, which sets the future of their business interests. The organizers of the event said that they hope to share the best practices with this gathering and help produce more big family-owned conglomerates, not just here in the Philippines, but also in Southeast Asia. Now, this is really to accelerate economic growth as well as job generation here in the region. Many of our large corporations today have to help our micro and small entrepreneurs. Our micro and small entrepreneurs are not family business because they're basically single proprietorships. But all of these big people here started that way. And that was the latest from Manila's first ever ASEAN Family Business Conference and reporting from Makati City, Bruce Rodriguez, ABS-CBN News. The National Privacy Commission imposes a ban on the processing of personal data against operators of 26 online lending apps. This is part of the agency's ongoing crackdown on the online lenders that publicly shame their borrowers. The list includes entities behind online platforms such as Cash Whale, Credit Peso, Pera Express, Peso Tree, Peso.ph, Peso Mine, QCash and Utang Pesos. NPC has ordered operators to immediately take down their online lending operations and ensure their apps won't be downloaded and used. It also warned against intrusive methods of personal data processing. President Rodrigo Duterte is on his way to Tokyo to attend the enthronement of Japanese Emperor Naruhito. The president left his hometown Davao City 6.30 p.m. Monday with the lean delegation. Presidential spokesperson Salvador Panelo confirmed Duterte will witness the coronation on Tuesday and then attend the emperor's banquet as well as the prime minister's banquet before he comes back on Thursday. 400 heads of state and members of royal families are also expected to attend the enthronement. These reportedly include UK's Prince Charles, Chinese Vice President Wang Qixian, and Myanmar State Councillor Aung San Suu Kyi. Japan is the Philippines' biggest source of official development assistance. This marks Duterte's fourth Japan visit since he assumed office. Fewer Filipinos consider themselves poor. That's according to the latest survey from Social Weather Station Survey. It says self-rated poverty now stands at 42 percent, a three-point recovery from June's 45 percent. That translates to some 10.3 million families. The decline was observed in most regions, except for the Visayas, where self-rated poverty rose four points. The SWS adds out of the 24.56 million households surveyed in the third quarter, some 3.2 million families say they are now out of the poverty line. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.